Hey, Forge family. As we're on a journey together along the pathway to spiritual formation, I want to say I'm in need of this series. I, too, need to be drawn by Holy Spirit to see more of the life of Jesus in me. I pray that's true for all of us. Last episode, we heard about the spiritual discipline of chastity, of the intentional pursuit of purity. It is not just moral purity. I presented a broader definition of being not only drawn to godliness, but to see your inner life brought under control when you relate to any and all life-dominating physical pleasures. When we cry out for help from the Holy Spirit to cleanse us, to strengthen us, and to stand firm in the flow of this culture and not be swept away, He, Holy Spirit, He answers and He provides. All right, Lord Jesus, thank you for the pattern life you lived and you delivered it to your followers by Holy Spirit. You said, it is your will and desire that we be chaste, pure, holy. And now, Lord, we want to answer you, yes, Lord, lead on. We're following you. Amen. This week in episode number four on this series on spiritual formation, let's look at one of the spiritual disciplines that is often described as a discipline of abstention, of withdrawal, of stepping away from the rush of life for spiritual purpose. So, number one, it it might be a season of seeking wisdom and direction for your life. Number two, might uh, you might be impressed to pray for someone in great need someone who's in great pain. Number three, you may be one who is in a spiritual battle and you're seeking God's answers and God's power to win a battle. Number four, you may be responding to a rising passion to draw closer to God. Number five, you you may need God's protection from illness, from evil, from temptations for yourself or for a family member. So, what do we do when we are dealt a slice of life that falls somewhere on that list that I just mentioned? We fast. Now, biblical fasting is the response of the heart that is seeking God and His answers. And when He chooses to release them, fasting is not a quick fix to broken places in life. It does not release spiritual pixie dust that goes, poof, all better. Instead, the the spiritual discipline of fasting is a voluntary stepping back from food or from media or from marital relations, from negativity, from other strong desires, godly desires even, for the express purpose of spiritual engagement with God. 
this past week, two members of my immediate family in the house here were on a medical fast following treatment. That, that's not a spirit-led fast. Neither is dietary fasting. Yes, both of those examples can help in the natural, but that's not biblical fasting. So look with me at, at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I'm going to relate the story to you, but urge you to read that chapter. 2 Chronicles 20, there's a king, he's descended from David, okay? King Jehoshaphat, he, in, he is informed that there is a vast multinational multitude of the enemy who hate Judah, the kingdom he reigns over, and have come to crush Judah and the city of Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat, the text says, he's afraid. The odds are, are so over the top, daunting. There's no way to respond to those kinds of odds. He's afraid, and he turns his attention to God, and he proclaims a fast throughout Judah. As he prayed before he gathered, before the gathered people, in the new court of Solomon's temple. He's got all the people of Jerusalem who come rushing in, and all those from the local neighborhoods who've heard, whoa, enemies come and get inside, shut the doors. They all rush into the temple courts, and there is Jehoshaphat, who's turning to God, who is personally fasting, who's, who said, douse the fires, food is over in Jerusalem. You know, stop whatever godly, bodily pleasures and get into the temple. And he stands and he addresses them and he is crying out to God to hear and to, to deliver against this foe. And in the middle of his cry to God, one of the invisible ones hears Holy Spirit. This is a Levite. This is one simply dressed who's in the background of worship. He's hauling water to the laver. He is hauling away ashes from underneath the, the altar of incense or the altar of burnt offering. He is, he is making incense. He is singing in the choir. He, has, he may have multiple duties, but he's just one of the nameless, faceless worship assistants in the in Solomon's temple. His name is Jehaziel. Do you know what his name means? <clears throat> it means God sees. And Jehaziel begins to prophesy and instruct Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem what to do to prepare for the battle. It isn't just that God sees. Now, God has put inside of Jehaziel what God sees. And he gives them instructions on how to prepare for this battle. And oh, by the way, this is not your battle, Judah. This is not your battle, Jehoshaphat. The battle belongs to the Lord. Do you see the pattern here? First there's fear, and then, and then you turn and you seek the Lord. You go, oh God. And then you fast. And then you wait to see, what is it that God is going to do? In Psalm 42... Jehoshaphat's forefather, King David, was deeply troubled. He says a couple of times, my soul is in despair. Man, I'm stepping on my lower lip. I am at the bottom of the bottom. 
But then he remembers. God acted on his behalf. And, and then in verse 7 of Psalm 42, there appears this phrase, deep calls to deep. And that phrase pivots David back to worship. Now, you may be seeking God for some deep thing, a hurt, a longing, a need, whatever it is that's in your heart, okay? And you need that word from God that your deep need will be met by his deeper supply. And fasting can set the stage for you to lay out your need before God. Jesus descended from David in Matthew chapter 6. He's, he's right in the middle of, the, of, the, of his teaching. He, he begins a Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And then chapter 6, he says, don't do it this way. This is how the hypocrites are leading you. This is how the religious people go about their business. Don't do it that way. Verse 6, he turns and he says to his disciples, when you fast, okay, his, his direction is, when you fast, they were to do so in private and not make an issue of their discipline a public show. Jesus assumed that they would be spiritually engaged in life in such a way that when faced with a deep need or a longing or crying out for others or themselves, they would be fasting. Likewise, we should be fasting. You know, and in the process, we humble ourselves to come into his presence. But you say, Dick, when I fast, my tummy grumbles. I get a headache. I get cotton mouthed. I, I just, I feel really bad. And I, you know what? I get sick right after every time I fast, I get sick. And on and on. Well, yes, your physical body will cry out at you. It will nudge you. It's going to poke at you and say, pay attention to me. But so does your spirit. And your spirit will say, all right, let's put that need right outside the door. And we'll come to it later. Click. The door shut. Oh, yes, I am fasting today. And here is what I'm focusing on. And this is, this is what I long for. And I've set aside all that bodily stuff because I want to know what Holy Spirit has to say. Now, I mentioned that food is the usual form we think of when the subject of fasting comes up. But you can fast in other ways. As God leads you, you may have a habitual negative outlook and fasting from cynicism and sarcasm intentionally to bring God's perspective into the open is just one example. Steve Backland is, is a man at uh, Bethel Church and he and his wife go on these negativity fasts and, and it produces joy that overflows in them. I suggest, you know, if you're struggling with that negativity stuff, go for the joy. What you do is you start, and if you stumble over your lip, as you kind of go bleh, all over somebody negatively, you stop and you repent 
And you say, that isn't what you would say, Lord. Instead, the Lord would say something positive and encouraging and blessing. And so you rephrase what you said as the Lord would say it, and then you go on. There are those in ministry as a calling that know the value of seasons of fasting, especially when you're looking for, to God for direction. Now, Acts chapter 13 finds a leadership team in the church in Antioch, Syria, and they're intentionally together worshiping, praising, ministering to the Lord, and fasting. They don't have an agenda. Okay? doesn't say what the agenda is. It's just part of their rhythm of setting themselves before the Lord. And out of that time, Holy Spirit said, I mean, this is verbal. This is, and everybody got it. Holy Spirit said, quote, set aside for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them, unquote. And that work, we now know, was the beginning of the missionary journeys with Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, you know, Paul and, and Luke, you know, you know they they took the message of the good news of the kingdom of God, of the risen Christ, of the Messiah, the new life in Christ, and they took it to the Gentiles where it had never gone before. Now, I mentioned two members of the family here this last week that were on a medical fast for a couple of days. They just had broken that fast today at lunch. And an email arrived with an urgent call to fast for a national issue, a spiritual issue. Time, man, it's time critical stuff. And at six o'clock tonight, right after supper, that call to fast for an urgent need was taken up for the next 24 hours. Now, fast as the Lord directs you and gives you grace. It is to be always, always, always God-centered and God-sustained. In Daniel chapter 9, this is, this is the account of this prince of Judah who was taken in captivity and his name was changed. He's called Belshazzar. And he becomes head of all the wise men and, mus- and magicians in the courts of three different emperors that ruled in Babylon. Daniel was the man. He had a sense of what God would say, and he said it, and it blessed the nation. Okay? And and so this man, Belshazzar, Daniel, he's searching the scriptures, and he discovers in the, in the writings of Jeremiah the prophet, that God had set a time limit in the scriptures to end the captivity of God's people. Well, Daniel is one of those. He is God's people and a representative there in Babylon. Immediately, he puts on sackcloth, he pours ashes on his head, and he begins a fast. And he cries out to God, agreeing with God that this punishment of captivity was richly deserved. God's people, the people of Judah, had been unfaithful 
and disobedient. And Daniel begins to confess the sins of Judah and those of his father and of himself. And as he fasts and cries out, his prayer is heard. And he's met by one in human form, one that Daniel had seen previously in a vision. He recognizes this one. And this is Gabriel, an angel sent from God. Now, parenthetically, this is the same angel that announces the birth of John to Zechariah, his father in the temple. John the Baptist was announced by Gabriel. Jesus was announced by Gabriel to Mary and to Joseph that this one, conceived by Holy Spirit, would be born of the virgin named Yeshua, Jesus. Same angel from heaven. There's a resume for you. All right. This same Gabriel said he had come to give insight with understanding to Daniel. That is active wisdom. Let me say it again. Insight with understanding. We desperately need that. It isn't enough to know what's happening. We need to know what to do with it. Okay? It isn't enough to know, this is what God is going to do. How am I supposed to respond? That's wisdom. Ultimately, a remnant of the Jews came back from captivity, repopulated Jerusalem, and rebuilt the wall. Just as God had promised. All that was triggered by Daniel's search in the scriptures and his response of fasting and praying as a direct result. Okay, family, it is true that what you have not been trained in will very likely not be practiced. Let me say that again. It's true that what you have not been trained in will very likely not be practiced. So here comes some training. Number one, fast for one meal a day for spiritual purposes, to focus, to listen, and to help you obey. Number two, fast for longer periods with a coach, if you will, uh, with a partner, with some accountability, and you use a journal to record the movements in you led by Holy Spirit so that you go, oh, that's what this is about, Lord. Number three, fast so that you can express your first love. Again, to Jesus in an uncluttered way by focusing on him. And fourthly, fast when he tells you. There's there's a need that's here that only he can supply. That was the genesis of that of that request today that came through the email. There's a tremendous need that only God can supply. So that fast for the next 24 hours was taken up. All right, Forge family, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we want to be focused on you for the resources of heaven, for our needs and the needs of others. We want to be focused on you because we come into your presence. 
Lead us into fasting so that we feel your embrace and your access to the Father. Help us put natural stuff in its place and engage you to help serve the King. Amen. All right, Forge. I love you. We'll see you soon.